How many of you are in the, the Christmas spirit? All right, I see it. Some of us are, are still warming up, still warming up. All right. You know, it, some of us still like the old-fashioned way of going to purchase gifts and going to the malls. How many of you like to go do that in person? You, you like to, to, to do the busy, the busyness and, and to go. And you remember those, those, those long lines? You remember waiting outside, you know, in the, in the open courtyards? And I remember going shopping, and my wife said, I'm going to go into this shop right here. And, um, and I said, okay, I'll just be waiting over here, though, until you're done. Um, and and, and those, those lines, now everybody's not so much the lines anymore. Raise your hand if you're like an online shopper now. You're like buying your gifts online, and now all the delivery trucks and the, the delivery industry is sh it just shot through the roof. You know what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, standing in all those long lines, you know, sometimes... You're waiting to purchase something. Sometimes we're buying a gift for somebody, and there's nothing wrong with buying gifts. There's nothing wrong with, with buying gifts during the Christmas season because you're going to see in the message that all of these things are a reminder of how it all began. Why do, do we buy gifts for one another during Christmas? Okay, it's not all bad. The Christmas lights and the Christmas season, it's It's wonderful. It should bring joy to our hearts, and it should allow us to enter into this season with great expectation. And prayerfully, if we, the church, are doing what we're supposed to do, then guess what? We are going to remind the world, and we're going to remind ourselves and what it's all about to begin with. Because Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is the reason for the season. Right? Uh, I was just... Um, reminded about all of that this past uh, Friday where my daughter was in a Christmas program at school and you would have thought they were handing out $1,000 bills at the gate to get in because the line wrapped around the whole school block. They have people out there in lawn chairs. The, the, the program didn't start till 1.30 and people were there at like 7 a.m. Like, I'm first in line. I'm going to see my, I'm going to be in the front row. And, and don't get me wrong, I mean, I saw my Lolita with her braids, her little trenza, she was singing and dancing and doing her thing. But, you know, the kids are going to sing. The kids are going to dance. Then you're going to go get some ice cream after and celebrate and praise God. We're going to have a good time. But guess what? If Jesus is not at the center of all the commotion, of all the fuss, of everything that we are participating in and doing, then we've missed the whole point. We've missed the whole point. Amen? When you're, if you throw, up, you throw up the Christmas lights on the house, guess what? That should remind you of the star that the wise men followed to get to the feet of Jesus. If you, if you remember the gifts that the wise men brought, it should be a reminder when we buy gifts for one another and when we open the gift that we received three times already, it's the, it's the thought that counts. I remember one time my oldest cousin, she got five bottles of vanilla lotion from uh, Victoria's Secret in a row, and she, did, she wasn't too happy about that. I remember one time I received uh, an, an imitation of a remote control hovercraft, uh, but this one had a wire on it, and everywhere I go, I had to follow it. I wasn't too happy. The end result didn't, didn't make me smile too much. Ramaje. But guess what? When our expectations, when our hopes exceed 
far exceed the product that's in these boxes that are coming from UPS. We got UPS drivers in here, FedEx drivers in here. I heard they're having a war, shooting jokes on each other on, on social media, carrying on. Hey, man, it's FedEx. No, it's UPS, bro. Hey, watch out, man. It's all about Amazon. Praise God. And anytime they come, they show up to my doorstep, man, like, hey, you want a water? Yeah, heck yeah, give me that water. They're like parks. They're like running back and forth, you know, trying to make our, our Christmases bright, you know. Um, don't, don't deliver the wrong box. And guess what? You could keep that sucker by law. You could keep it. Did you know that? You could keep those things. Oh, yeah, ask Brother David. He'll tell you. He's got a good story about that one. Talk about getting blessed. If you're a tither, just watch. There's going to be some, some misdirection and some, some wrong gifts coming to your house soon. Praise God. Only for the tithers, though. For the tithers. Hallelujah. Those aren't tithing. They're like, oh, man, forget that. Don't mind me. I'm just having a little fun today. I woke up on the right side of the bed today. I woke up on the right side of the bed today, and I'm thankful. No, I'm thankful to be alive. I really am. I'm thankful to be alive. I'm thankful that I, I serve someone who is greater than me. I'm thankful that there is someone who sits on the throne of my heart, uh, and it's not me. I'm thankful that there's somebody in charge of my life, and it ain't me. What a relief. Somebody go like this. Whew. Man, you could put all your hopes, all your trust in Jesus because he cares for you and for me. And so today we're going to learn about the wise man. And for some of us, um, I, I just pray that, that it's a blessing to you. For, 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 for all of us, I, I pray the word speaks directly to your heart. And, I, and why don't we just go into a time of prayer as we usher in the Holy Spirit to bless this message on this Sunday. Father God, we thank you today for your word. We ask, Lord, that you would bless the word of God, that you'd open our minds, that you'd open our hearts, and you'd open our spiritual eyes that we might see these wonderful things in your word. Father God, lead us to the place where your son Jesus was born. May we lay our crowns at his feet. May we offer our lives unto him. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, come on, put your hands together, Mission Ebenezer. Put your hands together. Hallelujah. So turn with me to the gospel according to Matthew chapter 2. It's the only place in the scriptures you're going to read about the wise men or the three kings or the magi. Okay. However you have heard the story, maybe you've never heard it before, I'm going to present this passage in a way that hopefully will bring some revelation to our thoughts when we think about this story and why Matthew included it in his gospel account about the birth narr narrative of Jesus. If you're there in Matthew 2, verses 1 through 11, say word. If you got it already, say word. If you don't got it yet, say not yet. Oh, man, a bunch of liars, man. We got some, unless we got a whole bunch of Bible trivia folks in here. Okay, let's go. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, my version says, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? 
We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born or where the Messiah, where the anointed one was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. Koba referenced this two weeks ago in his passage on the messianic prophecies of the Christ. According to Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it says, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. So you see, you guys, they had been journeying and traveling for some time. They had been praying and, and they had been um, contemplating the significance of this star. And it is apparent that in this ancient uh, Near East Christian tradition, these men from the Orient had had some very significant experience and wisdom as it pertained to astronomy. Okay, I did not say astrology. No, that is of the devil. But astronomy, the very science and creation, the very thing that God put into existence, okay, um, was known by men. And these wise men, or the magi, or the three kings, as we refer to them, um, were learned about the significance of this star and came with great anticipation of who they were searching for. It was no secret. They were searching for and looking for a king. They said they've come to present gifts and worship the king. I want you to think about that for a min minute. Three men, three kings, wise men, magi, these were intellects, okay, that were looking for a king who had just been born. He was not an established king in the earthly sense. He was a king established in the spiritual or religious sense. But they knew about it. And that should speak to us that God is the God of all creation. God is the God of all people, of all nations, of every, every tribe, of every people, of every language. Can I hear an amen? Let's continue. Verse 8. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. This is King Herod, you guys. This puppet king of the Jews. And as soon as you find him, he says, Report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Do you guys think he really wanted to go and worship Jesus? No, he didn't. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Hallelujah. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh, or gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So we see here, we're learning now about this story of these three prominent 
individuals. Now, let's go to the text. Let's not add to the text, but let's just talk about it. Can we just talk about it for a little bit so we can all get on the same page? There's nothing here in the scripture that says there was three kings. There's nothing here in scripture that says there's three kings. It says that there were different types of gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So the Christian tradition says that, or represents, okay, and there's nothing wrong with us following this kind of Christian tradition, that the three kings representing the three gifts, okay, are representing three very significant people, all right? In some traditions, they say that there were 12 magi. The Bible says that they were magi, they were wise men. Other versions say wise men from afar, from the Orient, okay? came bearing gifts, all right? So there's this band of people, this huge caravan of people that are setting out on a trek looking for Jesus. So in other words, they had a destination and they had a purpose in mind. Can I talk about a destination for a minute? If we as Christians do not have a spiritual destination in our minds or in our hearts, it will be very easy for us to get distracted. It will be very easy for us, okay, to fall off track. If we don't know where we're going, we're going to be going nowhere. Amen? That's why it doesn't, it, it trips me out when people get on the, on the highways and they're in road rage. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, hey, bro, wherever you're going, you know, I'm going to a place too. And we're all going to get there if we all just look out for each other. Right? Praise God. You got to have a destination in mind. You have to have the spiritual GPS in your mind and in your heart. Not only were they looking for a place and following the star, following the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. How many believe that the Holy Spirit was guiding the star and leading them to Bethlehem? And it took them through Jerusalem. Right? They had to pass through Jerusalem first, the bigger city where King Herod intercepted them and tried to get his filthy little claws in on the story. We all knew he had bad intentions. You know what was significant and struck me as odd as I was studying the message for today was that if King Herod truly was threatened by the birth of Jesus Christ, it seems to me that if I was truly concerned or threatened about a situation, I would have looked into it a little more carefully. What do you think? I would have probably sent some spy pops to follow the, the wise men's caravan. Instead of calling these men you never met, these men of influence, obviously these dudes didn't show up in tattered rags, all right? They didn't, they didn't show up on, on foot. These men showed up on camels. They had caravan. They had, they had many people that accompanied them, all right? But King Herod, was so arrogant and so pompous that although he had heard this story about this Messiah and had known from the scriptures, what it tells me is that he really was not a man of God. He was not a man of the word. He had to say, so, so what, did they, what does it say in the scriptures about uh, this Messiah again? Can somebody remind me? Well, people of God, if we have to be reminded of what the scriptures have said about our Jesus, then guess what? We have to ask ourselves the question, why is that? Herod did not even say, okay, I want you to bring the, the, the sharpest, the brightest, the best. 
I don't want anybody to usurp the throne that, that has been given to me. This is for my son, Archelaus. And I want to make sure that he sits on the throne rightly and properly. I don't want any threats to the throne. Man, I would have I would have sent somebody to just like be following them, you know, like a couple miles from behind and, you know, just like. That's what I would have done if I was seriously considering the birth of this king, this child king. If I was seriously feeling threatened by his birth. But he didn't. He says, hey, when you go and find out where the king is, oh, send word back to us. That way I can go and worship him too. Like the cat from Inspector Gadget. I'm dating myself, huh? Specter, Specter who? The, only the best cartoon era in the history of cartoons. But check it out. He did not. He didn't send anybody. And he really didn't want to come and worship Jesus. He wanted to, you know, when he got around to it, he'd come. and He, didn't, he wasn't threatened by this baby. He's like, I got some time. He didn't know, though, that this was no ordinary baby. This was no ordinary birth. This wasn't just um, Juan Lopez born from Keystone. This child was born the king of kings. He was, when he was born, he was born already crowned Lord of Lords. When, when this baby was born, he was born with the government upon his shoulders. When this baby was born, he was born with angels protecting him wherever he went. When this baby was born, angels were worshiping him, bowing down at his feet. When this baby was born, there were wise men from the Orient that followed a star because they had known about a king that was being born, a king that they were intent on coming to worship. They weren't just looking for a location. They were looking for the king of kings, the God and Lord of the universe. His name is Jesus, and he was born in Bethlehem, and his last name ain't Christ, but he is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He's the anointed one. There are no other anointed like him. Can I hear an amen? Hallelujah. And that was Jesus. So we see that Herod was just playing the part. He didn't know. He had no idea. He had no idea. Let's continue. We see here in the scripture, um, and, and I'm going to go a little bit, I'm going to return back a little bit to this, this Christian tradition. All right. And, and the good tr Christian tradition, uh, raise your hand. Do we have any, uh, any, any Puerto Rican families here in, in the house? Puerto Rican family affiliation. We got some Boricuas over here. Give it up for our Boricuas over here. In the great Puerto Rican Christian tradition, you cannot go through Christmas or the, the day of Epiphany, which is January 6th, for the, the Mexican-American traditions and the Rosca, 
the cake with the little baby Jesus. You know, the little plastic baby Jesus. If you take a piece of, a, a bite of the bread, you know, where it has the little jellies on top, you know, the little Mexican gummy, gummy bears. If you're not careful, you dip it in your, your champurado, your cafera, and you bite right into a, a little plastic, you know, hard, like Monopoly-sized baby Jesus. He's like, ah, my tooth, call the dentist. But in the, the Puerto Rican Christian tradition, there's a tradition of los tres reyes. And in the tres reyes, the three kings, all right, the Christian tradition has it that one of them's name was Melchior. Everybody say Melchior. And Melchior is represent, represent, uh, representing Persia, all right? Melchior, and they would, they'd like to assign him to the gift of gold because it's mentioned first. The second of the three kings or wise men or magi, okay, is um, you can, you can ha spell his name three different ways. You can call him Gaspar. You can call him Caspar or Jasper. And the third of the, uh, the second of the magi hails from India, the continent of India, representing that part of the Orient. Isn't that beautiful? And the third, the third is Balthazar. And Balthazar hails from Arabia. Oh, it's beautiful. And in these Christian traditions, we see massive people groups represented coming from the east, the far east, to find baby Jesus to worship him. I love this Christian tradition because when I was young, I always just saw the three wise men right there at the, the manger, right when the baby Jesus was born. But the wise men, the three kings, they didn't come till man, a year later? Jesus wasn't a baby anymore. He was a little older. Okay? By the time they get to Bethlehem, they see this child, this king of kings, being born, and the Bible says they brought their gifts. Now, gold represents royalty. The frankincense rep represents, okay, um, extreme wealth, all right? And then the myrrh. The myrrh is the finest of, of oils, okay? These three gifts that are represented here that are brought by the men of the Orient were so expensive. They were so expensive that, you know what? If those who were bringing gold to Jesus as a gift in this story of the Magi, if they came alone, do you think that they would have made it from the Far East? Do you think that they would have made it? Absolutely not. Because in those days, raiders or thieves, bandits would have sacked, would have intercepted, would have cut them off, would have killed them and taken everything that they would have had. It was very difficult to travel long distances in those days. Not only men that were bringing this gold, these wise men, coming in this big, huge caravan. There was a, the second one who was bringing frankincense, right? Or these, these wonderful smelling aromas that were very expensive that came from India, all right? It's like, it's like they, were, they, were, they were bringing these, these gifts and products, all right, like in an armored car, a coach wagon, right, for the, for the Westerners, those who like... Uh, Cowboy Western. Anybody like Cowboy Westerns? I do. You see the, you know, the stagecoach and all that, you know. 
trying to bring the money from one bank to the other, and you got a group of bandits that are hiding behind the cleft of the rock, you know, ready to just sharpshooters, you know, snipe them. All right, guess what? It was very difficult to take anything of such worth or value from a, a far distance like this. And then finally, of course, we, we, we read about the myrrh, right? These riches, this wealth being brought from afar. It's no wonder that they came together. It's no wonder that the representation of these three groups or these three gifts, these folks that had to come together in search of what? In search of Jesus, in search of the same thing. It wasn't just to, to deliver some goods. It wasn't just they were on a trading route and they were going to trade and make some money. No, they were coming to bring these gifts for what purpose? To worship. They were coming to worship. In other words, their destination was not just the location, but it was Jesus. But it was with the sole purpose of worshiping Jesus. Of recognizing Jesus as their Lord and Savior. As this king. The king of the universe. The king of all creation. That they had read about. That they had learned about. That they had been preparing for and expecting. They came with this kind of expectancy in their hearts. Can I hear an amen? So we see here that in this destination for the, the, the wise men, I'd like to apply that to our own lives. I'd like to apply this idea of worship to our own lives. Well, guess what? When we, as we bring our lives, as we bring our hearts to the Lord, we bring our hearts and our lives to worship Jesus. We bring everything that we are with Jesus as the sole destination for our purpose and our existence. Our even reason for being. Our reason for being alive. We're not just going through the motions. Y'all, we're not here today because we're playing church. We came here today to worship the King of Kings. We came here together today to be encouraged by one another and to receive a touch by the Holy Spirit as we follow the star and we come together in worship with Jesus at the center of everything that we are. That's why we've come together today. That's why we make such a great fuss. Don't stop putting up the lights. Don't stop buying the gifts because those are all reminders of what it's all about. Because it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. When you give those gifts, take the time to explain to the kids why we give the gifts. Because God gave us the greatest gift of all. God gave us his son, Jesus. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but what? But, but what? But, but, but what? Have everlasting life. Hallelujah. Have everlasting life. It all started with the gift. It all started with the gift that God gave to us, which was his son. He didn't just give us his son for any reason. He didn't just send himself to the earth for the fun of it. He sent Jesus here with the purpose. You see, Jesus was on a mission. And his mission was not just to be born of a virgin. Christmas is great. Christmas is wonderful. 
and it takes us to that place. But don't stop there. Christmas is pointing to ultimately to the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus was born to die. And that is why he is worthy. That is why we praise him. That is why we worship him. Because he did something that nobody in the history of humankind has ever done. He conquered death. He was resurrected and he took your sins and my sins upon himself and gave us the greatest gift that was ever given and that is the gift of salvation. Come on somebody, put your hands together and somebody say amen, hallelujah. He's given us the gift of salvation, hallelujah. Don't become an, an Ebenezer Scrooge, excuse the pun. Don't get, don't get caught up in all the... All the hullabaloo of, of, you don't need to buy gifts. Man, buy gifts. Bless your family and thank God for the opportunity. Just don't go into debt. Buy everything with cash. And if you can't afford it, bake cookies. You want a budget? Send everybody a wonderful picture of yourself in a frame like this. Merry Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season. Hallelujah. But God wants us to enjoy this time. I'm having a conversation with a few young men recently, and they said they don't celebrate Christmas. I said, why not? They said, oh, because Jesus didn't celebrate Christmas. I said, yeah, let's not major on minors. Jesus celebrated all the other wonderful feasts and the celebrations of the Jewish faith and religion. Jesus was at every Passover celebration. Jesus was at all the great feasts in Jerusalem with his parents. He was a good Jew, and he celebrated and enjoyed the celebration. So God does want us to celebrate and enjoy this season in this time of Christmas. And for us, Christmas is not just a day. This is just... This is just some random day that we, the Christians, have picked, hoping that we could, just, we could just anchor our thoughts, our hearts, our minds, and the church around the, the, the virgin birth of our King of Kings, and his name is Jesus. So let's not get hung, hung up on all of that. Somebody tries to get you into a, a tussling match, an arm rest, a spiritual arm wrestling match about, you know, December 25th. Say, praise God, hallelujah. I got a gift for you, too. Hallelujah. Amen, church? Hallelujah. God is good. And, and so as we see, you guys, this story unfolding for us, the wise men following the star, coming together. Can I talk about coming together? I'm going to talk about it. The last several years have been very, very difficult for people to learn how to come back together again. The last several years, the way the situation was here in Southern California, Los Angeles, the state of California, and in many places across the country and around the world, it created in our kids an anxiety, a challenge of being together. Our young people, a challenge of getting together. Kids would rather stay in their own homes with their parents, and that's not wrong, but guess what? When kids need to, be the, need to be together, they need to know and they need to 
re-engage with one another, with their peers, around co commonality, common interests. Here at the church, Sister Samantha, Brother Steve, Brother Aaron Trejo are, are leaders of our, our youth and young adult ministries at our church are going to the Lord on their knees and thanking and asking God, guess what? To direct them as they learn how to bring people together for the purposes of worshiping God, for the purposes of worshiping Jesus. It seems that today people have been, become so casual about church attendance. It's a, it seems that people have become just so casual and so chill and so, so relaxed that, that coming to the house of God, coming to the body of Christ to worship, to be focused on the word of God, to, to pour into one another, to encourage one another, to edify yourself and edify your brother or your sister. It has become increasingly challenging for Christians to take that point seriously. But I, I believe that God wants, to take, wants us to take the fellowship of the church seriously. I take church seriously. I take the coming together of the saints, the ecclesia, which is the assembly of the people of God, I take that very seriously. It's the way I was raised, and it's the way the Word of God teaches us to, to not neglect the assembling of God's people. Um, on Friday night, my wife and I had some commitments. We're, we're not able to come to the worship night, but I told my, my, my two teenage boys, I said, hey, praise God, it's Friday night. You guys are going to the worship night. Oh, Dad, well, I don't know. You know, my friends are going to be on this game and that game, and I just want to say, praise God, you're going to be at worship night. Oh, but I, I don't got a ride, Dad. Okay, praise God. Yeah, Mom and I, we're not going anywhere. Man, we had a long, busy, hard week. First phone call. Oh, Dad, Dad, they said they can't take. Okay, call someone else. Oh, uh, Dad, uh, oh, man, Dad, unfortunately, they said they can't take us either. Okay, cool, call somebody else. Oh, Dad, they said they're already over there. They, you know, they can't come. I said, okay, praise God. Call somebody else. So they called their friend. They called their, their partner. Somebody say the wise man. Did they come alone? So Esteban Martinez pulls up, walks in the house, didn't even knock. He's like our third son. And then all of a sudden, he walks in, Mio, you, have you eaten dinner? No, okay, grab some dinner, Mio. Pastor Boomy made some bomb grub. He's chilling right there eating, the boys are getting ready, and then out go the three stooges, I mean the three kings. I said, hey, don't forget, you guys got a curfew. What? A curfew? What's a curfew? See, our kids, they, they've been trapped up. They, they, they forgot how to fellowship. They forgot how to go and have good Christian brotherly fun. They, they forgot how to keep their eyes focused on the destination or on the mission or on the purpose. 
of what God is calling all of us to. And, and please forgive me to my boys who are here probably listening and maybe tuning me out for using this as an illustration. But it's such a wonderful illustration of what our responsibility is as believers and as Christians to come together in pursuit of Jesus, in pursuit of worshiping the King of Kings. Because if you try to do this thing together, young people, guess what? You will fail. Young people, if you try to worship God, if you try to live out the Christian life all by yourself, living on an island, thinking you're going to be able to withstand the temptation of sin, thinking you're going to be able to overcome your, your setbacks and your failures, guess what? You will fall flat on your face and you will not know how to get back up and continue on your destination of reaching the place where Jesus is. People of God, I'm not just talking about the young people today. It's just very convenient and appropriate because I want our young people to continue to engage in worship with their peers and, 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 and in, in love and in fellowship together. But people of God, this is for all of us. The three kings came together. They came together. One could have said, hey, man, you know, from my vantage point, man, the star's leading us this way. And, oh, but look at, no, they were, they were together. And then we learn about the first reference to a car in the Bible. Did you guys ever find that? They were in one accord. That's a dad joke, huh? But um, they were in one accord. They stuck together all the way to the feet of Jesus. And then when they got there, they, they saw the little mocoso running around with a sapeta, a washable sapeta, not disposable. They saw this, this child Jesus. And the Bible says that they came and they brought their gifts. Imagine that. They laid their, their gifts at the feet of Jesus. If they're kings in your estimation, they took off their crowns. How about that metaphor? And they laid their crowns at the feet of Jesus. And they worshiped. Here he is. We overcame. We didn't give up. We didn't come short. We didn't stop until we got to our destination. Together. We looked out for each other. When the banditos saw us, they peeled away. Because we had each other's back. There's a scripture in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 12. It's one of my favorites because I come from a family of three brothers. And then you have the, the triune Godhead. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And me and my brothers, Joshua, David, and Jacob, we, we learned practically every biblical or spiritual metaphor growing up in church. But this is one of my favorite verses. It reminds me of growing up in a, in a, uh, a little tiny house right here in the neighborhood of Keystone together. And half, more than half of the time, the three of us, until we were grown adults in college, visiting home, we slept in the same bed. A hand-me-down, queen-size waterbed that my parents put back on the on the bottom floor, and the three of us would just get on the bed, slosh, and go, "Hey, move over, fool!" 
Ecclesiastes 4.12 says this. Repeat it after me and say, one is overpowered. Two can defend themselves. But a threefold strand is not easily broken. Check out this image that we got up here of, of what a threefold strand looks like. We got that tech team? Look at that. That's what a, that's what a strong threefold strand braided rope looks like. When we are together, you guys, we are unstoppable with Jesus. When we are together, when it's me, you, and Jesus, guess what? There ain't nothing that we can't do. Hallelujah. God is calling us to worship the king and not quit until we arrive. Many of us have arrived at the point of inviting Jesus into our hearts. But the journey continues. The journey is not easy. The journey surely is not easy. It's a, it's a challenging one. Raise your hand if you faced some challenges over the past year or recent times. Raise your hand. Look around, church. There's a lot of us that have had to overcome many challenges. I bet you couldn't have overcome that without people right there by your side. I bet you were not able to overcome that without the Lord Jesus by your side. If it wasn't for Jesus, if it wasn't for Jesus, where would we be? If it wasn't for Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Jesus was guiding you when you didn't even know he was guiding you. The Lord was holding you up when you didn't even know what was holding you up. It was the Lord. It was the Lord. Church, I want to invite you to stand to your feet. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on out. I want to ask us the question. When you found Jesus, you begin to experience what he's done for you. Was, was it worth it? Is it worth it? I think we can all relate to the story of the Magi. I think we can all relate to a story about a group of people who came from afar. Bible says they were foreigners. You know, the Bible says before you knew the Lord, we were foreigners. But the Lord adopted us into his family, into his body. He's grafted us into his body, we as believers. And this Christmas, I want to encourage each and every one of us that as we're continuing through this Christmas season, that we connect to the idea of worship. That we enter into this Christmas season with the sole purpose in mind to worship God. Don't be afraid to break into 
the rhythm of what your family has going. Don't be afraid to talk about God and to talk about Jesus. Don't be afraid to say, can we stop and can we pray? Don't be afraid to say, can we stop and can we all give thanks to our Lord for what he's brought us through? Don't hold back from being generous. Don't hold back from offering a smile or a hug or offering some help to somebody who is in need because we are the reflection of Jesus himself to this world. We're living in a dying world. We're living in a dark world where your life and my life are the light of Jesus that the world needs.